Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are reading the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I'm a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I'm a nurse, podcaster, powerlifter, co-host of The Selfie Show. And today, we're like moving. Moving and grooving, <laughs> literally. We are getting moving. This is someone that we both found and we were obsessed with. And we we're like, we need to bring this energy to the selfie show. This is just something that I think we don't talk enough about. We don't deep dive enough into, especially as healthcare providers. We just don't take enough care of ourselves. And I feel like this is the greatest place to share this. And we're so excited about today's episode. So unpopular opinion, Miss Samantha. I mean, why is it? Is this my unpopular opinion or is this yours? This is kind of both. I think this is like equally on, on ours. Um, okay. So it is okay to leave your kids at home and do things without your partner. Honestly, you need time for yourself that's mm. independent of, I think even if you don't have kids, yeah, it's like, mm, I think it's a red flag if someone doesn't have friends of their own. Oh, that, there you go. Sorry. There you go. So <laughs> Sam and I are coming off of such a fabulous girls weekend. We had so much fun. It was so much fun. It was much needed. Like we used to do a little girls getaway weekend every summer we'd rent an airbnb and do pool and all that and then this is our first year doing it since covid yeah much needed yeah. but we have like a friend that was married with kids that still came left yeah. the kids at home yeah. left the husband at home was like bye yeah everyone um, left their husbands and their partners yeah. and their doggies i although we wanted the doggies to come but <laughs> yeah the t- rambo and moses were apparently welcome but i was like nope they're staying home too yeah 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 but we Sam made her famous rosé. Perfection. F- perfection. We did Bloody Marys. No. Oh my gosh. Bloody Marys delicious. You don't drink Bloody Marys when it's 100 degrees out, you psychopath. Oh my god, it was so delicious. It was that's so good. Not, that's disgusting. Uh, we made fabulous Bloody Marys. If you want to see them, I saved them on my highlight. Uh, if you want to get a little wreck and they're (laughs) delicious but we had such a nice time just kind of reconnecting and especially for us like I feel like we're kind of in a little marriage and it was a nice time to reconnect because I feel like most of the time we've been together lately it's been business 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 and the entire last year if I see you it's for podcast related things we've not done anything for non-podcast stuff in yeah yeah just to enjoy each other and like have a good friendship it was like our own date night (laughs) as like friends (laughs) book it book it you guys go on the trip do the girls trip or, or no even girls night like girls I night, here's yeah. what I think me out in the dating pool I think it would be a big red flag if I was dating someone and they didn't have friends mm-hmm. I'd be like what do you mean you don't have friends right or you don't have a lot of friends yeah I'm not saying like I my circle's small well I Especially think as my we get older a lot smaller, smaller than it was when I was 30 same in the last six years my stream circle has shrunk it I tremendously like and I like that so I'm not saying it's okay to like keep a tight little circle but mm-hmm. I do think it's weird when you have like no friends like, it's why? so funny because I grew up with a mom who was like sort of the the band leader and she hosts they're called Somas Chick Dinners and they take turns kind of hosting in her area but my mom's always been someone that's been so pro you know supporting women and her friends and like really embracing friendships and so I feel like that's something that you know we both like to do as well and to continue so do do the girl night you know what else like I can't stand what is when people get in a relationship though and then they stop doing mm. anything because they're constantly with their it's like yeah you can be in a relationship and still go do things you don't have to spend every waking minute together you don't have to give up things you used to do right like they're supposed to complement your life not take over your life or become your whole life I feel like in the beginning a lot of, of people do that but I feel like pulling back and being self-aware and be like oh you know what I actually do need to make more time for that my girls or my people I, you know, know. I feel like some people don't ever I feel like some people if they're in a relationship they're gone right and when they're single they're around and then they get in a relationship and they're gone and I'm like a lot mm, of people I don't like that yeah I like it. yeah we're not here for that no selfie energy no. embrace your girlies and do your do your time so yeah we had a great time but happy to be back we're back on the grind and we're getting into it with miss holly today so holly is an ex-pro skier and she honestly has the craziest story she over like six years ago was in her second car accident which resulted in three herniated discs nerve damage and muscle degradation and loss of feeling she struggled to walk and her specialist told her that her injuries 
would not improve. Well, Mm -hmm. wrong. So now Holly works as a certified mobility and rehabilitation coach. She's a level three PT and has a one-to-one BSC. She specializes in getting others back to the sports and daily things that they love and free of pain. This experience fueled her passion to help other people heal pain and learn new movements. She loves teaching and she's really compiled a lot of these um, types of movements through studies. And as she puts it, challenges are there to be overcome. She is truly a must follow and a quick shout out, you guys. So the way we found her, so I've recently been using these toe spacers and rock mats and just trying to learn more about this in terms of mobility. I was having some back pain, foot pain and things like that. So when I reached out to them, they actually suggested Holly as someone that we should reach out to. And once I started following her, I was like, we have to get her on the show. Get ready for an amazing episode, you guys. So without further ado, let's get into it with Holly. I'm like mm-hmm. so excited to have you here because I think be all of your just content and story and everything is so interesting. Bomb. Amazing. Selfishly for me, because I like just love this stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Yes. Okay. So leading into this, Miss Holly, this is the, the question we ask everybody. What is your unpopular opinion? People think mobility training is like, you know, like just mobility and easy, but it, it you can successfully strength train with it if you do it long enough and with all the progressions, like, um, yeah, it's, it's not a quick thing, but eventually it can turn into a form of strength training. So what does that even like mean in terms of like making it be strength? So kind of is explained in our programs and our certification in that with a certain methods you use in sequence in order to gain extra uh, length of your muscle access to extra length of your muscle and be able to strengthen it in different ways and stabilize it. But ultimately in the end, you're losing, losing, using full range of motion uh, when you strength train. So uh, for example, in like a typical bodybuilding uh, say day, you might be doing like deadlifts, or you might be doing lunges, but it means basically doing um, isometrics, eccentric stuff like that, but also being able to go into your full end range. So for example, deficit split squats or um, doing different ranges as well as the shorter ranges. Cause like shorter ranges have their value and it's, it's important to keep them, but it's other stuff that might be hard to do, which is why mobility training helps you be able to do those things eventually so it's basically movements where you're using the full range of motion things like uh sissy squats or uh deficit mm, press-ups or things like that you're such a little hottie we are absolutely (laughs) obsessed with you but i really want to go to like the core question like why is mobility so important like why should we care about this like what you know at the very base of it so at the very base of it like when you train in the gym you're training your muscles mainly Um, and your heart, of course, but, um, when you're mobility training, you're training the tissues that surround and support your joints. So it is a very different type of training. So muscles will adapt relatively quickly because they have a fairly good blood supply, but connective tissue does not. So it it can take like three to 12 months to gain ranges in certain areas of your body. And you're basically creating tissue that didn't exist there before. So interesting. This, this is like, something we don't think well, about. So I feel like Tori and I come from a nursing background, but we've always worked at pediatrics and children's hospitals. And now with my new job, I'm exposed to the adult ICU world. And I am just shocked by how unhealthy a, the adult population is just as a whole. And it make, when I walk through these adult ICUs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, it makes me so motivated to like, what can I do Mm -hmm. to prevent that? And I feel like mobility training is the biggest thing to help you like age. And I tell like people in my family that because my grandma's like in her eighties and can barely walk and just has like no mobility. And I'm like, okay, but we saw my grandparents be like pretty sedentary once they got older, like they didn't do anything really that active. I'm like, literally like I tell my mom and stuff who's like active but I'm like okay but you just turned 60 I'm like now is more important than ever to really like get involved in mobility training and things like that and like you said like with the muscles and connective tissue and everything and like building that strengthening that 
Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's the difference between like the 80 year olds that are still like going on morning walks and the ones that need help getting out of bed in the morning. And I'm like, we don't talk about it. Oh, for sure. Like we definitely don't talk about it and it's not like a popular thing. And when it came to my rehab, like no one suggested this to me, this was literally just stumbled upon, um, and kind of found by chance. Uh, but there's a few sports where they do incorporate a lot of the, uh, types of methods that are used in mobility training, not all of it, but some of it. So for example, like dancers and climbers, um, they use a lot of isometrics and eccentrics and loaded stretches. Um, and you may notice that, I mean, they move differently than most people. Like usually if you're a dancer or a climber, you'll age very well. Um, and that is because they are using quite a lot of those techniques and their connective tissues are generally stronger than other people's might be. So I want to go through this because I found you when this is the trickle down effect. Okay. So Jacob does CrossFit. We follow, um, the fittest wizard, the fittest wizard was using toe spacers. And so we ordered these toe spacers and I reached out to them because I was so obsessed with these products. Right. And, um, you know, we, I was like, Hey, like, can we get you on the show? Because I am so, we are both fascinated by this and they recommended you and I started following you and we are literally obsessed. Like your videos, your content, just learning from you has been phenomenal. Can we go like the background? Like, let's start at the very beginning. Like, where did this start for you? Let's hear about where you grew up, all the goods. Sure. Um, thank you very much. Actually, that's really sweet of you. Um, where I grew up, uh, the UK, London, um, very busy city, not my cup of tea, and lived there for 29 years, really badly wanted to move away and decided I'm just going to try. And so we decided we'll try Spain, we'll try a bit of Europe, we'll see if we can go away somewhere a little bit sunnier. I studied in London, I did law for a little bit, decided I didn't want to be a lawyer, started to study business and economics. In the meantime, all the while wanting to go back to my skiing, um, was trying to keep my ski career up, but like, you know, two car accidents. Uh, one, I was just, just about getting better from and still managing to ski after, even though it was pretty tough. Uh, the second one, like that was next level. And it was like, okay, everything changed after that one. And even though I was a coach, it was just like, no, I need to look into this because all the diagnosis were pretty, pretty bad. So, um, Little backstories, basically, I studied in London, uh, worked as a researcher for a few years academically, um, really enjoyed research, but sitting down, really don't like it, really prefer moving, really missed skiing. Like secretly growing up, I wanted to be a ski trainer um, and a ski athlete, but that didn't happen. Um, And then when I got injured, it was just a case of, I want to be able to move again. So that kind of became a bit of an obsession because I was told I can't. And I was told it was going to get worse and that I shouldn't be moving and I shouldn't be flexing my spine and I shouldn't be lifting. Um, And I had many, many specialists and to the point where I was so confused. So that's what led to the mobility training. What was your diagnosis? Yeah. So the first one, I was told there was a little bit of scoliosis um, and nerve damage, but they weren't sure. Um, They said there was no cracks or anything. So that was good. I had some physiotherapy, got back to activity. That was fine. I was was about 17 at the time. Um, And the second one, I was 23, I think, 23, 22, something like that. Um, And it didn't even feel like a huge car accident or anything. It was just like a pile up on the motorway and I slammed my brakes on, another car went underneath me. The the back of my car kind of popped up. So, it was a bit of an impact, but nothing like, nothing dramatic. Like you're being looking. rushed to the hospital and in the ICU no. where you're like, yeah. Yeah. So you're not thinking it's going to be like life-threatening or detrimental. No. Um, I kind of thought, oh, lucky escape. This is cool. A few hours later, my back seized up and that was it. I was like, you know, going to A&E, like something's wrong, real wrong. Um, and... I kept having assessments. Um, I kept having people check me out. I was just getting worse. So one side of my body, like around my hip and my entire leg, the muscle started degrading. I had three herniated discs. I was diagnosed with nerve damage, also nerve damage in my hand, which I didn't even notice because my back was so bad. Um, And to top it off, I had all sorts of different like uh, issues with feeling. Um, So I didn't feel 
this is pretty personal, but I didn't feel the need to pee at all. So that basically I'd hold it for like five, six, seven hours, having no idea <laughs> that I was doing it. And I kept getting kidney infections, kept getting bladder infections. And the doctors were like, this is very bizarre. Let's do some scans. And they were like, you are really like not feeling anything here. So um, they said the nerve damage basically is not going to come back. Uh, you're going to suffer with that the rest of your life. Um, the, you know, the pain down your leg, the inability to walk properly, that's going to stay. Um, we advise that you don't move your spine too much, that you don't flex your spine, um, definitely won't be doing activities again. Like you won't be lifting, you won't be skiing, you won't be doing any of these things. Um, and I believed that for a little while, but I didn't really want to live that way. Um, like I was like, mm, there's not really much for me to lose. That's it's everything I've got. So, um, I was pretty stubborn about researching it and that's all I did after that. Yeah. I'm going to say from like being in your twenties, the like mental effects of being told that by all these doctors and yeah. specialists. Especially as an athlete. Cause you seem yeah. like an athlete where you always inc like athletically inclined growing up. Yes. Kind of, I suppose. Um, I liked moving. <laughs> I liked yeah. being outdoors and like, you know, biking, swimming, skiing. I, I, I liked all of that. I didn't like being sat down. Let's go into maybe the research and like moving forward. How did you, where did you start? Because I feel like there are so many people out there who have had situations like you, right? Car accidents or, you know, injuries and things like that. And I feel like moving forward, you know, there's, like you said, you hear from a provider, like you're never going to do this again. You're never going to do that again. And it's almost like you just have to take autonomy and you you just have to, you know, advocate for yourself. Where did you start? Right. And even when you do your own research, there's so much good so, and bad right. research. Mm -hmm. Like we have access to a lot of information, but then figuring out what's, what's good. good and bad information is hard too. Right. For sure. I'd say the research back then was a terrible, terrible, like really bad <laughs> i mean um yeah. there's a lot of really interesting studies coming out just in the last two three years that validate what i've been thinking but back then they didn't exist um and i was looking for like different physiotherapists and back specialists and there was one guy who said if you're not getting worse just keep going with whatever it is that you're doing so at the time i had some fellow coaches who were telling me to read some books, telling me to go on certain courses, telling me to try certain things, and I wasn't getting worse. Um, so he was like, well, if you're not getting worse, I don't see a reason for you to stop doing this. Because I was like, can I do this? I've been told not to. Um, so it was good to get validation at some point, because otherwise I don't know if I'd be brave enough to keep pushing things. Um, but a lot of it came down to like where I was coaching was the Royal Ballet School uh, in the UK, in Surrey. And they kind of reminded me of things I used to do in dance school when I was younger. And I used those methods to try to keep up with my ski team because I, I was basically put in a boys ski team because where I was skiing, uh, there were not enough girls. So they just chucked me in with the boys. I couldn't keep up with them. Like I was literally barely walking by the end of the day. So I would try to use these dance techniques, um, like loaded stretches, isometrics, things like that, to try to help me recover to the to be able to basically keep up skiing. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try some of these techniques I used to do when I was really sore skiing. Um, so I kind of just went back to stuff I got taught at dance school, I suppose. Um and then started doing all these courses um, and reading a bunch of books, going to different sort of specialists, I'd say, like in, in London, doing different courses of people that were already doing forms of mobility training. Um, and it didn't really, I wouldn't say in London, it really took off until about 2017. Okay, so this is what, what really drew me to your account. It's so cutting edge, these things you're doing, but it's also so basic like in terms of you know health and it's so interesting because um I've started watching you you know you're using the toe spacers and I'm watching and your explanation of like the ground up and you know these these amazing programs that you guys have created how did you go about creating this like I really so fascinated by this and I love it I'm like I'm yeah, I watch your like every day. I'm like, okay, what's the next video? Like, what am I going to try today? So yeah, let's go back to that and creating this amazing program. Like, how did you do this? So in terms of toe spaces stuff, um, I actually started training barefoot around like 
2018, um, I was getting foot pain, plantar fasciitis, all that kind of stuff. I had pretty bad ankle dorsiflexion after ski training because when you're skiing, you're in a boot and you don't use your ankles that well. So when I wanted to start getting into weightlifting after I was rehabbing my back, I couldn't squat. Like I could not get into a squat. I couldn't do most movements without compensating. Um, so obviously I had to fix that. So I started working on my feet and then the toe spaces, uh, sent me some toe spaces, I think in the beginning of lockdown around like 2020, I think, um, started using them, thought, oh, they're pretty cool. Trained in them went, oh my gosh, like these are really cool because, okay, they're not just these little tools. Suddenly I could feel muscles I could never feel. Suddenly I can activate things I can never activate. I never thought about, okay, well, what if there's a tool that actually like, you know, pushes your toes out the way and you've got access to all this muscle tissue in the middle that's just been squished for all these years. Um, suddenly you can feel so much more happening and you can rehab things faster. I was like, okay, I need to you know, research this a bit because there's something here. Um, there's not a lot out there with um, people using exercises with toe spaces. There's a lot of research out there of halix valgus and plantar fasciitis actually improving by using toe spaces in combination with exercises, but no one's mentioning doing it together at the same time. Um, I think it is a little advanced. You need to work your way up into it. Um, and you know, that's how we create the program so that you're able to work your way up into that slowly. But, um, once you can, there's benefits that I don't think could ever be achieved without them. And we've got modern shoes to blame for that. So I know Tori's explained or bought the toe spacers and has talked about it on here and you we're talking about it right now, but for anyone who's like, what in the hell is a toe spacer? Can you guys kind of explain to someone who has no idea what that is? <laughs> Okay, so the toe spaces I use uh, from the company I use, they're like this sort of squishy sort of sort of gel-like substance okay. that you put between your toes or you could kind of just like put them on like an elastic band. Um, they move with your toes. Um, and at first you just wear them passively sort of, they should kind of feel a little uncomfortable if you've been it's wearing normal type. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I first put them on. I was like, I don't know about nurses. this. Ooh, I, the I first time imagine. I did it, I, was like, I put them in and I was like, am I supposed to feel like, first of all, it was painful, but I was like kind of getting anxiety while I was doing it. I was like, this is kind of, I was like, it's probably good because I'm going to lean into this. Right. <laughs> and it's, but it's taken me some time to get used to. People like you yeah. who do 12 hour shifts and shift work, like our feet get trashed yeah. being 12 yeah. hour shifts, wearing terrible shoes. I can imagine. Mm. I can imagine. Well, you mentioned like modern shoes being bad. Like, can you kind of yeah. tell us yeah. why or what, what's that about? Well, as a coach in London, I spent a lot of time on my feet and uh, I tried getting like wider and wider shoes to, to help. So, you know, I tried the Reebok Nanos. I tried um, Metcons. I thought that would help, but they still do have a very hard sole and they are still not that wide. So most modern shoes, they have like a, a heel, even if it's a tiny heel, it changes the way that your foot works. It's really important, that tiny little difference. So having zero drop really matters. But the other thing is your big toe gets pushed in and your little toe gets tucked under almost and all the toes in between get squished. So the, the muscle tissue in between gets really, really tight. So if you're ever struggling with like foot pain, plantar fasciitis or like halix valgus, in other words, bunions, um, it could be coming from this and it's, it's highly likely coming from this according to science. So basically your big toes getting pushed over time and then, you know, it, it creates this shape and then suddenly you lose your ability to get into big toe extension. So you can't lunge, you, you can't do like, you can't necessarily run that well or accelerate that well. You get, you, you're very prone to pain or ankle twisting, things like that. Um, that's just from wearing modern shoes. It's crazy because we've decided that we prefer the, the, the tips of our toes to be smaller rather than wider for some reason. So what are your favorite shoes I'm to just wear? Gonna ask that for, okay, let's this is perfect for like every day every and day versus like and then working maybe, out or even like for people on shifts like for a 12 hour you're on your feet like do you okay good... how do you feel about crocs <laughs> clogs i literally <laughs> never tried them i have no idea but they do look pretty thick <laughs> tori and i just have an ongoing thing like she hates crocs and i love crocs and i and she, so I, I, wear I bought clogs her a pair for her birthday <laughs> I bought her a pair of Crocs for her birthday against her will. Are they quite thick underneath? Can you feel like all the differences? Yeah, they're in... like squishy thick. Yeah, I'm like, so mm, that's probably pretty wide. bad for you. Um, oh, if, if, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you can't feel the ground and you can't move with it, um, yeah, it's not great. Well, um, anything that's 
You that's just, zero drop. You just gave Tori a lot of ammo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I said, Hallie's told, Hallie told us no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you were suffering with foot pain and you told me you were wearing those, I'd probably say you, you can't wear them anymore. Uh-oh. Honestly. Okay. So, so what do you recommend or what do you like? So, what do you wear? I wear barefoot shoes if I have to wear shoes, but even that, like, I can feel the difference because I think it's been about like four or five years now. I've basically not worn shoes unless I have to. Um, so, you know, if it's like socially appropriate, I'll wear shoes, um, (laughs) or if it's cold, (laughs) um, but yeah, zero drop shoes. So anything barefoot. So I wear Vivos, um, and yeah, they're, you know, what's crazy is actually Jacob just ordered his first pair of barefoot. And in my head, when I was thinking barefoot shoes, for some reason, I was thinking the ones that like go in between your toes and look, mm. I don't know why. Those I are the, yeah. the Vibrams. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I've never tried um, those. Yeah. I was thinking Remember that's that nurse who used to wear them. Yeah. I'm like, and I, I'm like, just, I don't know. They kind of give me a little like, and then uh, they banned them from our hospital. Yeah. Oh, really? But barefoot. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. I'm why? like, I don't have any more of a, a safety because they were just basically saying it's not enough, like, safety Toe coverage. over your toes. But I'm I mean, like, if something's like, going to fall on your foot, you're done either way. If something's going to fall on your foot, it's going to fall on your foot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was silly. I was like, let her wear what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> but the barefoot, um, he just started wearing them. And they're actually, like, they, one, they look great. I'm really surprised by the style they do of now. them. But I'm like, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I will say I like to deadlift barefoot if possible. And then I can't yeah. for competition, but I wear like a deadlift slipper and then I take the sole out. So it's basically like a glorified sock. Okay. That's interesting. What about heels? Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on heels? <laughs> I hate them. I threw all Just mine like... out a year ago. Um, I used to have a really nice collection, but <laughs> I can't wear Not them anymore. anymore. Not anymore. The older I get, the smaller my collection has gotten. And the smaller the heel gets. Yeah. I'm like, no, absolutely yeah. not. I wore them to a wedding last night, and they were just like a bigger, clunkier one because I'm not even about like a little heel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I'm like, I wore it just to the church, and then I got back in my car and put on my flip-flops. I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, I I can't recommend not wearing them enough, if that's a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you just give us like the basic 101 educations of some of the like, what is mobility training mean? What is FRC? What is strength training flexibility? Like, What are just some of these basics? Baby that class. You, yeah. yeah. That you, you, Those are all humongous questions. I'll try to, I'll try to summarize. We're going to make it overwhelming for you. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So mobility training relates to um, gaining more range uh, that you normally have access to, and then strengthening the entire range using various methods. So for example, um, let's go for a generic session, something that someone who's like a beginner might look at. So you'd be warming up in order for your body temperature to rise to create synovial fluid. Um, This is also necessary for, first of all, the lubrication of your joints, second of all, so that you're not really, really in pain and resisting stretches and you're also not uh basically reacting to release work so i do think that all methods that i've ever studied they do have a place in a sequence so then you may do some specific release work in order to gain a little bit extra muscle range of your muscle which you'll have about an hour window to work in and then after that you can use things like isometrics like frc methods like pales and rails um you can use eccentrics um you can use uh, hovers, rotations, things like that, in order to gain access to this range, in order to stabilize and strengthen this range that you might not be in. So say, for example, you're doing um, a split squat or something, uh, you'll only get to the bottom of that range for like a second. Do you know what I mean? Like you, the, the top and the bottom of that range are going to be in the second for just a second. So the time under tension for that very, very end range is going to be very, very tiny. Um, whereas mobility training focuses on these areas where you don't spend much time, where you're the weakest and you're most prone to injury, and it strengthens this. So you can basically create connective tissue. You can um, say you have an injury. Uh, you can provide blood supply and nutrients to this site of injury to help it heal, which is why it's so important when it comes to back injuries like mine. Um, and then you can obviously use the strength training elements, which is I'm, I'm a big fan of. I like to combine the two. Um 
it depends on who you are, what stage you're at and what you're trying to do based on the volume and what you're going to do in which sequence. Um, but the point is, if you use all these methods to your advantage, you can then gain access to ranges and create stability in areas you might not have. So as hypermobile people, I have slightly hypermobile tissues, you can feel quite unstable in certain motions, but you can create that stability, which will help you in then lifting and powerlifting. So I could go on. I don't want to overcomplicate this. Um, <laughs> No, that's super I helpful. I mean, watching your videos, it's interesting because you mentioned, you know, kind of com combining both and how, um, you know, it takes time. And I'm watching your videos, you know, when you're lifting and you're also doing these amazing stretch movements as you're doing it. And it's just, I don't know, it, I, everyone needs to go follow you because I feel like from a very basic level as healthcare providers, many of us, we were not good about, you know, taking care of ourselves and watching your mobility. I'm like, this is amazing. And these are techniques that I feel like would be really good for anyone who is working bedside and, you know, trying to protect their body. Definitely. And, you know, well, I literally cannot tell you how many of us that work in healthcare don't do anything like this and how hard it is on our bodies and how as we age throughout, you know, 10, I've been 11 years of bedside, but it's just like you we don't start do to fall apart yeah. because Physically. we don't have these like basic foundations. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think you guys do a lot of difficult things because you move people, don't you? Mm -hmm. And equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that's so. the thing. Yeah, life. I mean, life the is, of, like, is injuries in, for nurses is crazy. Just from moving, I have quite a few nurse clients. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. the things I hear that they have to do, I'm like, well, that's okay. We're gonna have to work on that because that's <laughs> you're gonna have to do that. Um, a lot of things that people say is like, don't do this movement, don't do that movement, don't do that movement. But life is not made like you can't work yeah. in just these planes. You have to work in all of them because say you want to pick up your child or say you know a, mm -hmm. a client, a client, no. Um, for you it's a patient sorry uh, if a patient falls down you need to pick them up like <laughs> you know um right you, you have to have that ability to like move your spine in this way or move your knee in that direction and um that's what mobility training can provide you with because we do not express or um train a lot of ranges that are the human body has i also feel like we have a very toxic fitness culture and I feel like this is globally, this isn't even like a American thing. It's like a very toxic fitness culture that your workout is better if you were working so hard that you like threw <laughs> up at the end or that, you were yeah. that you're so that you're dripping sweat or that you're like on the ground catching your breath or the, the markers that we define as like a good workout where you worked really hard were like pushing yourself to the brink and all of this stuff doesn't even get acknowledged. I completely agree. It's, it, it does kind of trigger me sometimes because I'm like, there's so much more to life than that. Um, and it's, it's, you're not even like serving yourself. You could hurt yourself that way. And what are some of like the tools and hacks that you kind of like have under your belt that help with mobility? Some of the things you like to use? I mean, my favorites are toe spaces for sure. Um, like I don't use many tools, but toe spaces, are one of the tools that really are handy in modern life because of the shoes that we wear and because of the kind of lifestyles that we've led. Um, most of us have sat down for most of our lives by the time we finish high school. So, you know, mm. um, and we've been wearing funny shoes and heels and stuff like that, not knowing what we're doing to our feet and how that's affecting our knees and hips and spines. I was going to say, I, I love it. It's funny because right now what I'll do is I'll come home from my shift, take a shower. And then when I'm laying down, I just do a little, I put them on and watch a little show. And I feel like it's interesting because what I didn't anticipate was um, feeling it up through my shins. Like I started yeah. feeling more, it's really interesting. Like, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to put these in and it's just going to, you know, affect the feet around no like my shins and my calves I start feeling it up there mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting and um when I discovered you and seeing you sort of starting to use them in actual you know workouts I was like oh this is really interesting like a very um you know and again as Sam said you know it's not workouts necessarily where you you're hitting those quote you know, marks of what a good high workout. Intensity. Yeah, it's not high intensity. And I'm like, but these are amazing movements. Have you guys tried using them when you're trading yet? 
I haven't yet. I'm like a little scared, but I'm I'm working my way up and watching your like I'm like, okay, I really want to be able to I'm do honestly this. very interested because even though I've been like a competitive powerlifter the last three years, I started a new job this year and it's just affected my ability to train. I used to lift like five times a week and I just don't have the time anymore. And now that I've kind of lost strength, I'm at this weird point where I'm like do I want to keep training for solely like max level strength and competition or I'm going to be 37? <laughs> like, do I want to kind of start to shift more into just training for an overall wellness standpoint? So I don't know. I'm in this weird, like, ah, trying to figure out what my like training goals are. And I'm starting to feel like I might want to pull back from competition focus and just focus on, overall health and wellness so that makes me very interested in trying to like actually train with a toe spacer that would be super mm -hmm. I'm like very I want to try it I think with your background you would absolutely annihilate mobility and strength training the weird You'd thing with me a mobility is I'm like abnormally <laughs> flexible to the point where I almost hurt myself by not properly warming up and stretching because I could do the splits right now without stretching yeah, like right now in mobile. this studio, I could do the splits. I could put my leg behind my head without like, I'm just hyper flexible. I have good ankle, but because of that, it almost is a detriment because I'm like, well, when I stretch, it doesn't do anything. Like I get lazy and don't do it. And then I actually end up like not properly warming yeah. up and not like I actually tweaked my back two weeks ago. So, um, I'm like, I need to. I don't know. I, I want to kind of switch up what I'm doing in terms of my fitness journey instead of just solely powerlifting. So I'm actually super interested in all of your stuff. And I'm really interested in your breathwork stuff because I think core strength is like the epitome of everything. And I terrible at doing stuff for that. I'm terrible at doing breathwork and those mm -hmm. things, but I like fully believe in the importance of it I just don't do it so I don't know I want to hear from you on your breath work well first of all actually while you were saying like you were quite flexible like the tissue type that you have is actually beneficial to mobility training because you'll have more type 2 collagen and you'll be able to recover faster so when you get into mobility training you start creating stability at end range you will benefit the most and the fastest out of people without your tissue type so you'll be able to do some crazy holds. Um, but yeah, in terms of breath work. So I would say I got into it quite heavily when I was in Warsaw. We spent like a, a year-ish there or something. They have really bad like air quality. And that was affecting the way I was breathing and giving me like muscle imbalances as a result of the breathing. So that's when I got into it. But the person that actually deals with that for Flow Motion Fitness, like which is my company, um, is actually Ellen. And she's a pre and post specialist and she has the most incredible approach and interesting um sort of tutorials on this how you can basically learn to breathe in different areas and how we forget to breathe and this is something I learned firsthand when obviously due to pollution I started breathing very shallow and creating muscular imbalances and imbalances in my movement as a result so there's a there's a massive connection there and um we're actually working on a little um like workshop type course oh, to go through all of it because awesome. there's so much so much to it and I, I can't wait to pick her brains on it exciting do you know when that's um potentially launching or coming out so we can probably in like three four months ish okay so you mean like winter yeah yeah, yeah. is that going to be like an online type workshop or yeah, I think so. I think we're going to pre-record it and then like it will be okay. an online workshop. Keep yeah. us up to date with yeah. it because then we can um, we'll share. Yeah, share it. Absolutely love. Because I, I don't know. I feel like us working in healthcare, we need to prioritize our well, you, bodies. Yeah, more. you know, what's interesting, too, is we've talked a little bit about this. And I mentioned this. This is kind of something because uh, one of the questions we often get in terms is like, how do you handle high stress situations? Because, you know, a lot of us are working in literally life and death and high stress situations and something that I've really tried to kind of start implementing at the bedside for me is paying attention to my breath as I'm doing stressful things. So I really, really try to calm down. Um, I've done a little bit of dabbling into Wim Hof. Um, so, but I'm really excited for your program because I would definitely do that. I really want to do it, but 
slowing it down and really figuring out like it almost helps you know with regulation and then heart rate and then my hands get steadier you know you just you kind of focus a little bit more but breath work is the key and I feel like this is just something we don't think about right like a lot of these are core foundation things but it's so important for us yeah I think we're all on autopilot and we don't realize how much it changes with our emotions with you know even air quality um and then that can affect everything it can it can affect you ripping a muscle or not ripping a muscle from stress because you're breathing differently as well um I'm curious about in terms of for a lot of us who are working physically on your feet you know all of these things do you have good tips for recovery or how to help decrease inflammation because I personally did that as well for a very long time and um I can definitely attest to how sore everything feels after a long day but um I definitely am a big fan of pink Himalayan salt or Epsom salt baths um not something you could do in Spain but uh yeah uh, if you if you you're in a country you could do that cold therapy um, so even if it's just not a long amount of time, if you can't handle too much, just getting into part of your body in a cold shower is, is helpful. Breath work, like you said, um, nutrition, obviously, um, where else are we grounding? Actually, there's a lot of science behind that. That was actually, I mean, I love the story behind how, um, everyone was like kind of laughing at it and not taking it seriously. And one guy was like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong and actually turned out to be can you explain grounding because I am a big fan of you of that as well but can you explain what grounding is and maybe like the thought process behind it okay so grounding um physically anyway is where you will touch your body to the earth in some form um ideally grass or beach or something natural like that um the earth actually has like a different um what is it? Um, electron Later, or like it's like a, a charge or like a different yeah it's a yeah right yes yeah so there's a different um yeah. sort of yeah level to it that we don't have when we're disconnected on on like normal ground or like with shoes with rubber underneath um but the theory was that you know people are feeling the benefits of health and calming down while grounding so they they actually did some tests to see um, the inflammation in a body and the basically stickiness of blood cells, basically like an inflamed state of a body. And after one to two hours, that was completely decreasing. And there's a massive visible change. Um, and you can do this through um, actually, you know, the earth cable in your um, house, you can get special like grounding sheets and grounding um, like connectors and, and touch it to your body. And it still works the same way. Um, and basically they were doing a bunch of tests to see how that works. And if say you've got inflammation in your body or you're stressed or, um, you're in pain, this is something that can reduce that pain and inflammation. The, and stress. My favorite moment and what I haven't actually done it lately and you're inspired me to start doing it again is, um, I would do my workouts on the beach and I would take my shoes off and go do them in the sand. Um, or, you know, just, I think just the idea of taking, literally taking your shoes off and like what? you know, you all know the feeling of taking them off and walking in the grass or, um, it's just, and when you're intentional about it, cause I think that's a big piece of it too, for me is like, when I do it, I'm like being very intentional about how I'm feeling, bringing down mm -hmm. my state of stress and, you know, maximizing a workout in wherever I'm at, whether it's like to calm myself or to, you know, to increase the heart rate. But I think there's a lot of intention with it as well. Um, but I think that's just a basic thing. Like, Take your shoes off and go, you know, feel the ground. Feel the ground. Have, like yeah. moved so far away from our just natural yes. way that we were created yeah. on this earth. And now everything is so like all every, processed food. We're sitting in offices all day. So we're sitting more and then we're in under like not natural light. So we're not getting sunlight, but we're getting like whatever, all these other kind of harmful forms of even like fluorescent lights and things. And then we're like drinking things that aren't water and we're just yeah. wearing shoes that yeah. aren't not like we've everything in our life is so yeah artificial. like artificial and that like our bodies have adapted but not for the good <laughs> I actually crave it now like getting out in nature I crave you know especially for yeah. Oh my I'm gosh, like, me too. You know, especially on weeks where I'm in the hospital quite a bit, I'm like, I cannot wait to get outside. I need 
I need the sun. I need to be in fresh air. I need to get away. It's like, for me, I'm actually feel like I'm going the other way where I'm like, I wish more natural we can go the better. I'm, you know, I'm like, I honestly I like as much as I've hated the pandemic and it's been a hellish two years. I loved that there was really nothing for me to do except take my dogs to the park and walk outside with them because I would take them on these like four mile walks every single day in the park. And it was like so good for all of us. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten away from that, but I'm like, man, when there was not, when you had no choice, but to just, okay, it's either sit in my house or go outside and be in nature, how much better I felt just being outside. Yeah. I think a lot of people got very addicted to hiking and realizing that they miss nature. Um, and I didn't realize quite how much, cause I was actually in Spain in the beginning of the pandemic and they didn't allow you to leave your house. Um, so we didn't leave the house for like two Did months straight insane? and, um, we were going oh insane. We were going insane, like actually going crazy. Like I can't explain it. At one point we, we have a photo of our, our feet on the one palm tree that we had in our garden. Cause our garden was like not grass. It was like that fake stuff. And we had one connection to the earth and it was this one palm tree Aww. that we kept touching and hugging and like. It was really, really quite desperate. Um, <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. Um, so a big piece of, of your life, I know, is Callum. You guys are so cute and adorable. How did you guys meet? Let's get a little backstory on that. Um, I just insulted his gym technique. Uh, it was really embarrassing. <laughs> I love you so much. That's amazing. This is why we're, I love it. What was wrong with his brand. technique? What was he doing? Not much. I just really wanted him to hire me. <laughs> so good oh uh, i just thought well i've got nothing to lose might as well um how I, did you I, respond Sorry. i was like you know like you can make that a little more effective and he was like oh really and he was with his brother and i was like well i'll try it this way and they're like okay that is harder i was like yeah <laughs> that's such a flex that's awesome um yeah uh, it was uh it was actually quite funny um but yeah it was a gym <laughs> in the gym of course and you guys have developed your program together. Is that correct? Yeah. Like our, our business, our certification, our, all the Love stuff it. that we do on the website. Yep. <laughs> Can you just give us a little, like, tell us about the business, what you yeah. offer, everything like that? Uh, sure thing. So people who are interested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Try to summarize this. Uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> You can find us on flowmotionfitness.co.uk because we were originally in the UK, now not so much. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we basically, we have programs and we online coach, um, but a lot of this is about education, probably because I've got a research background and I'm a little bit of a geek. So um, I created the um, mobility certification, which is internationally CBD certified. So if you want to like learn how to assess and what the science is behind mobility training and kind of geek out and learn how to do the programming in real life, then that's what we've created. Um, and we also do like a bunch of partner work with the toe spaces. We do educational content. We do uh, programs for specific issues. Um, yeah, uh, we've got more and more of that coming up. The recent thing that we're working on is a strength and mobility program that's on an, on an app so that people have our mm. videos, tutorials like straight on there, but they also have coach feedback and, um, when we first started flow motion fitness, it was just basically me and Callum in London, um, training people in different locations. Um, and now we've got quite a large team. We've got people in different countries. We've got pre and postpartum specialist. We have a physiotherapist Amazing. we work with. Um, we have, uh, Kim as well, who's a gymnast, um, and mobility coach. So we've got a bunch of people working together to help someone the best we can. The postpartum, um, program that you have that's actually really great is it um specifically for breath work or is there more uh maybe speak to that a little bit because I think that's an amazing resource as well yeah so Ellen is um a pre and postpartum specialist that works with us and uh, if we have anyone pre or postpartum then we'll you know personally coach them together as a team uh, but what we're working on with her right now is a breath work and pelvic floor workshop um and we're go gonna basically just get that created and see how that goes. But at the moment there's like four parts to it and I'm just cutting it down to make it nice and basic to begin with. And then we'll probably go into the more complex parts in the coming year. And how long is your like even beginner mobility course? So, um, 
all the programs that we have are 12 weeks long, but uh, we do have two like educational courses. So one is the beginner's um, mobility course, and that has two modules, uh, which are purely education. So one is about joint function and the other one is about mobility methods and how to use them. And the third module per se is actually the 12 week program that you follow along with the video uh, tutorials. Um, and then the CPD mobility certification, which is the other course that we have is, um, it's like 40 plus hours of content in there, but it's all, you know, flexible learning and lifetime access. But the majority of the programs that we have are 12 weeks long. Which is like a bare minimum for when you're really trying to learn and build. And, you know, I think that's the thing too, that you've spoken to is, you know, how long it can really take to really train your body and to start feeling and you know the differences but I think it's worth it if you're someone that's in pain or if you're someone that's looking for a way to really enhance your body like I cannot recommend everyone needs to go check you out like I could not recommend you more what's your biggest piece of advice to anyone who's interested in like getting into mobility work like especially for Um, newbies I'd say if like I think if you're completely new to it then learning about joint function and learning about the methods, it would be handy because there's a lot of things out there called mobility training and it, it's not really necessarily mobility training or rather it's very hard to actually express that over a platform where there's only a few seconds to explain it. Right. Um, quite often people say, oh, I'm really into yoga and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I have no idea about yoga. I don't know. Like I'm not a yoga teacher. Um, all I know is that it's not the same methods and it's, it's not, that's not the purpose of yoga. Um, so I'd say, you know, learning what it really is and learning about joint function will help massively. And who's your ideal, like who needs your courses? Like, who do you think is the ideal person coming to you guys for this? Um, anyone that wants to be able to move freely in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, the, the main thing I've always wanted to do is be able to climb and hike and swim and bike it like all day long if I wanted to without having niggles or pains or compensations or like train for five hours straight if I want to um, in the gym, which isn't logical, but sometimes fun. Um, but in order to be able to do that, like you have to have joint function that isn't going to start compensating to the point where you're going to end up with an injury after doing that. Like if you want to really push your body and you want to, be able to move freely I think that's what it's for um and I don't think there's a single human being that wouldn't benefit from it I agree I agree I want like my family like especially like my dad mom like aunts like my family that's older than me to like really get into this because I'm like that's what's gonna make longevity in your life and I feel like life is also quality over quantity like, I don't want to live to be 90, yeah. but not be able to move. Definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, and I've already experienced that. It's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting is, um, you know, a lot of the things that you're doing and you're teaching are, are lower impact. And while they're lower impact, they're still very, very, like, it's like, I'll, you know, I'll watch your videos and kind of try something. And I'm like, this is so much harder, but it's lower impact. So it's, you know, it's much more, I think, attainable for a lot of people period you know it's just Mm -hmm. yeah the whole way it works is regressions of progressions like if you're a complete beginner uh, say we are doing a beginner's program or say you're doing 12-week hip mobility program the first month is very much designed to give you that foundation and then it can go a bit further the next month a bit further the next month but you need time and consistency to uh, basically create these new ranges like 12 months is sorry 12 weeks is very much a minimum um, but when you're looking at connective tissue adaptations, you, you're looking at realistically, if you want to really excel at something, you're looking at a year to two years yeah. right. to really create things like a, a lot of the sort of challenges I do, um, I wasn't able to do, but it took me like two, three years to be able to do them. I always have to remind people, we always start somewhere. So don't start something and expect to be good at it right away right. or advanced or being able to do oh, things yeah. that other people have been training for five plus years are doing like, right. It's okay to not be good at something. It's okay to start from nowhere and build on that. And that's kind of the fun of the process, isn't it? Yeah. Watching yourself progress too is always so, uh, for me, satisfying. What are you eating? What do you eat in a day? I'm not good at eating. Mm. I forget. And then I eat anything I can find, which is really not good. I used to be so good. I used to meal prep and 
Yeah, I need to get better at it. But um, generally speaking, it changes on the location that where we live, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, as to what we have available. It's, it, I can't create any consistency because we keep moving country, which is a problem. So um, it, there's not really... I don't have a, I can't, yeah. really, I mean, I could tell you what I ate today. Are you, you like, um, do you subscribe to any type of diet or are you just more about like well-rounded quote nutrition? You know what I mean? Callum is very obsessed with nutrition and supplementation research. So he, there's a lot of things he will not let me buy because they are not a good oil or not a good source or not organic enough or not grass fed enough. So like we definitely have high quality food in the house um, a lot of vegetables, a lot of, a lot of, uh, grass fed meat and wild fish. Um, I don't really have any wheat cause I I've never liked it. I don't have refined sugar because it gives me too much of a high and a dip. I don't really enjoy that. Um, but you know, we're quite obsessed with tropical fruits cause they're local here. Um, we're quite obsessed with, uh, grass fed eggs, grass fed beef. Do you eat paella though, since you're in Spain? things like that delicious (laughs) actually callum callum likes it but i'm not such a fan of it honestly i think i'm on the middle in the middle it has to be really like i think really well done for me to i don't really like it here but when i was in spain i was like oh this is bomb yeah it's probably yeah I think if I lived in Greece, um, you'd have to roll me out because I love oh, Greek so food. Mediterranean, um, anything. Yeah. So. Hummus. Give me all the hummus. Lamb. Mm. Lamb. Lamb. Vegetables. Veggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. good. I'd say our diet is kind of Mediterranean. I feel like we're kind of going that way too. It feels like that's kind of, you know, a way we're, we're kind of swaying a little bit more. Yeah, it, does. it feels it's good. Lighter. It's the most balanced. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every now and then, I'm not going to lie, we'll get like a Taco Bell or a McDonald's run, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, you have yeah, to have balance, exactly. right? Um, do you have anything exciting coming up uh, to share with the listeners or anything that you guys are really working on? I know you're working on something always, but anything in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. It's really crazy. Um, well, we're always updating the mobility certification and we're actually going to create um, a module on how to uh, test yeah. in person and how to go a bit more advanced with the tests so you can actually move people. Um, we're doing a, a strength, 12-week strength and mobility program, which is actually uh, extending into 24 weeks. So that's going really, really well, and we kind of want to geek out and go even further with it. Um, and then, of course, the um, work with Ellen with Wonderful. the breathwork uh, workshop. So there's always quite a few different things we're working on at the same time, but... Um, yeah, definitely the mobility certification is something that we always update yearly or if not two times a year. Um, and the 12-week strength and mobility program is something to look into because there's always a something new coming up. And where can everyone find you yeah. to find all this stuff too? Helinka Hart on Instagram and TikTok and Flow Motion Fitness on YouTube and on our website. I'm obsessed with your Instagram. I'm I like, know, we were watching it before. We're like, oh, you have the it. perfect little it just body looks so too. It's good so though. I was like, I want to like right now on the ground, just get down and like yeah. do that, mm-hmm. do those motions. Yeah. I'm glad like, uh, it feels satisfying to do them. And I'm glad um, that it entices you to want to it do It definitely them. makes me want to switch up my, my training a little bit. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, regardless of how invested, I think this would, it's just, I love that this is, a conversation we're having we're starting from the ground up you know I think this is something that so many of the selfie listeners could really benefit from you know it's you know this is about longevity mm-hmm. and being able to do the things you want to do for the rest of your life and you know your body is we neglect our bodies so many so many of us do not take the time and the investment and it's important I think it's really important for us you know yeah, if you want to squat lower, kick higher, yeah. climb higher, swim longer, it, it makes a difference. And move those patients. Oh, gosh. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yes. Tap out, tap out. Well, thank you so uh, much. You this was so, so much, informative. Hallie. Like, I feel like I learned so much. Well, yes. Thank you for having me. She's got the coolest story. I know. That's, like, unbelievable. Uh, even as an athlete, skier, and then just moving into this space, we're so thrilled we could share this with you. You guys definitely check her out if you are someone or if you know someone that could maybe benefit from her coaching or just to learn from her, definitely reach out to her. And definitely follow her because her content is so educational. Yes. And it's honestly, like, a 
kind of just one of those feel good pages to follow. Absolutely. Like it's always yeah, uplifting. It is. It is. And thank you so much, you guys, for following us as always. Make sure you're following us on our selfie show page. That's at C E L L F I E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies linked there in the bio. Yes. And you already know what else is in our bio our merch and then our links for Bali and Iceland. Mm-hmm. Bali's almost sold out. There's spots up for Iceland. So get on it. Choppy chop. Can't Absolutely. wait to spend New Year's Eve with you guys. Mm-hmm. And if you leave a review, just make sure you drop your IG in your uh, review on Apple Podcasts and we will be sending you some free swag stickers, our new little badge pins and all that good stuff. Absolutely. And drop those five stars on Spotify. Thank you so much. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we will see you for a fun bonus episode. episode. Those are popping these days. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye.